Do, do, do. Thank you. Isn't that comforting to know that God makes no mistakes? Well, you can bet your bottom dollar on that one. Take your Bibles, go to Revelation 19. You say, what in the world are you going to go to Revelation 19 for? We had a wedding yesterday. Uh, and it is time for a wedding. I don't know about you, uh, but I'm, lo- I'm waiting for my wedding to occur. Uh, I got married uh, 40, uh, 33 years ago, but it'd be 34 this year. And, uh, but I'm getting married again here real soon. And uh, my wife will just have to deal with that. Uh, there's nothing I can do to stop it. I don't want to stop it. I'm actually waiting for it. Revelation chapter 19, verse 1, it says, And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, Savior, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, for he hath judged the great whore. Man, I had a stop there for just a second. A lady called me from uh, 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 Dayton, University of Dayton down here. And she was Catholic, and she said, you got that statement in your constitution. What does that actually mean? I said, pretty much what it says it means, I guess. Uh, Which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood uh, of of his servants at her hand. And again, they said, hallelujah, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshiped God. Uh, worshiping God that sat on the throne saying, Amen, Alleluia. And the voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Uh, let, us, let us be glad and rejoice and give him honor, uh, give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife had made her, herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage of the supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are, true, these are the true saints of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See, thou doest it not. I am thy fellow servant and am of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white throne, a white horse. And he that sat upon uh, him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness that he judge and make war. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for all that was done this weekend so far. Lord, I just pray for the uh, morning service. Thank you for everybody that came out, Lord. Thank you for church that we come to. And Lord, just thank you for you. Uh, If it hadn't been for you, Lord, none of us would be here today. Uh, Lord, you opened the door, you made the way, and uh, Lord, I just want to thank you for that. And you have a plan still out in the future for us. Uh, Lord, I just want to thank you for that too, and I'm I'm waiting for that day. Yesterday was a perfect picture of that. Uh, Lord, uh, we still have something to look forward to in in this uh, universe, Lord, uh, outside of this universe, is one day being with you for all eternity. Bless this morning, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I, I was sitting there thinking about that wedding yesterday, I was talking to Dustin, and uh, as, as we was doing the rehearsal, everybody was coming down the aisle really, really slow because we have a set pattern. He said, can't you speed them up? I said, brother, you can't speed up what God wants to do. You've got to slow down. I said, when did you ask her to marry you? He goes, six months ago. I said, six months from now, this will be in the past six months, and it'll be like yesterday. I said, brother, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Everything will happen. And it'll be, it's already over, man. It was over yesterday. They're on their honeymoon. They'll be back next Sunday. They'll be back, and their life will start. And I was talking to Adam this morning. He goes, I can't believe seven years has already gone by. Happy anniversary, Adam and Jesse. 
Where's Jesse at? Nursery? She's a, she's a coward, man. We ought to get her in here and make her. But anyways, uh, today's their anniversary. And he goes, seven years. Well, it's been 30, 33 going on 34 for me. And it's just been like yesterday. And this time is going to fly. One of these days, we're going to be at home with the Lord. Here in Revelation, I'm sitting there reading the fourth account of the, the account of the tribulation. Most people don't know this. When you read through the book of Revelation, you're actually reading four accounts of the exact same thing. It's called the Gospels of the Revelation. Just like Jesus had four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when he first came, the first coming, there's four of them in the uh, tribulation called the Gospels, basically, of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to look at them real quick here, but there's a wedding. The title of this message is Time for a Wedding. He gets to the fourth one, and right in the middle of that thing, he talks about a wedding, which is a blessing, man. I don't know about you. Here in Revelation, we're looking at the last account of the Great Tribulation. It's the last one. This is the one where everything happens. This is the one where Armageddon pops in. Armageddon ends at all of them, but this is the one that carries it on through, and you see exactly what happens, which is good. Brethren, I'm telling you what, what's going on over in the Middle East right now is just a forerunner of what's getting ready to happen. It may or may not. Man, I, 19, I mentioned that in Sunday school. In 1989, everybody was sure the rapture was going to happen. Oh, I'm still here. And I think I'm saved. And I'm hoping you are because you're still here. So that means that the rapture didn't happen in 1989. And that was a long time ago. So we, we can sit there and say, hey, this is going to happen. There's a forerunner. I'll tell you what, there is. I am a, I'm a firm believer. I, don't, I think there's a three-and-a-half-year tribulation. I got that. I think there was Daniel's 70th week, Jacob, time of Jacob's trouble. I got that. I believe there was a full seven years in there that some part of that was taking place back in between the resurrection. I think when Jesus Christ resurrected out of the grave, I think it started right there, and it stopped at Stephen, which was 220 days. I think from 220 days on out, you got another 1,040 days that hasn't occurred yet. That's going to occur out here somewhere, and some Somebody has got to make a big mess like they're making overseas right now. And then somebody else has to walk in and say, shh, shh, shh let's calm this thing down. And it will calm down for 1,040 days, for, yeah, 40 days. And at the end of that 1,040 days, the abomination of desolation will start set up and all hell's going to break loose. So guess what? You got some time. I think you got some time. I don't think you got a lot of time, but I think you got some time. And in that amount of time, you ought to do something with what you got left. I like some of them, I like some of them, them uh, parables that Jesus says, well, I, I paid a guy a penny to come in at the early morning, and I paid the guy at the end of the day a penny. Guess what? Anytime you get in and you really get in, you get paid the same as anybody's been in the whole time. The best thing to do is get in. You never know when this thing's going to happen. I, don't, I just know you think you got it bad. You think it's going bad right now. You ought to see what John went through. Boy, he gets up. Go back to Revelation chapter 4 real quick. John, poor John, man. He had to have a spiritual body. I don't see how he, but he put up with some stuff. He's he seen some stuff about to kill him. Revelation 4, and I looked and behold, verse 1, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice I heard uh, was as it was, uh, were a trumpet talking with me saying, come up hither. And he goes up hither. And then he starts seeing thrones. And then he starts seeing the four, he sees four and uh, Four and twenty elders. That's twelve of the Old Testament saints. Uh, Jacob, all them, uh, Jacob's sons, and then that's the twelve apostles. If that thing is right, what John is doing is looking at himself sitting there. He's probably he done fell down three or four times. He can't believe that's me over there. That's me in a resurrected body. That's me right there. That's me. I'm sitting right there. 
He's probably not sitting right on the right hand or the left hand of Jesus because the Lord told him that ain't going to happen. But that's him sitting over there. I'm sitting there going, whoa, he's seeing things that he'll never see before. And the Lord shows him all this stuff. And then he gets into a few other things. You know that the second coming is more important to God than the first coming? Now, to you and me, to you and me, the first coming is everything. I don't know about what you think about the first coming, but I think of the crucifixion, the birth of Jesus Christ. We celebrate Christmas. He cares more about the second coming of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to tell you why in a second, than he did his birth. He cares more about the, the second coming of Jesus Christ. You think God really enjoyed watching his son die? Watching him be laid into the hands? Jesus Christ said, do you not know, I'm paraphrasing, he said, do you not know I could call 12 legions of angels? 72,000 of them he could have called down, and that's just a fraction of what was in heaven. He could have called them down at any given time. Matter of fact, he didn't even need to do that. He could have just said, he could have knocked them down with his voice. But he went through that whole thing to get to that second coming. Second coming is more important. The blood atonement, man, I tell you what, for you and me, I wouldn't be there without the blood atonement. Without the blood that Jesus Christ shed at Calvary, I'm not there, man. It's over. I would have never had a chance. The greatest event in my life was the day that Jesus Christ left glory, died on a cross, shed his blood at Calvary, and rose again the third day and introduced it to me in 1980. <laughs> I don't know about you, man. That's a great day. But to God, that is a great day. But there's a greater day he's looking at. Way out there somewhere in front of us. Not way out there. It's out there in front of us. Just a little bit. Just a little bit out in front of us. And it's coming. Uh, but God's point of view is different than our point of view. Sometimes, brethren, we, we look, we'll look at what's going on in the Middle East or wherever it's going. It's going on up in Ukraine. Y'all pray for Brother Chris Rue. He's on his way tomorrow up to the Ukraine. Uh, he's going to go back for 12 days, and some things are going to happen. We get to help. We're, we took up some money. Well, God gave him some money out of the kitty to get him over there and, and give him some stuff to do while he's there. But I'm telling you, he's got an opportunity for the next 12 days to do something. And uh, y'all pray that this happens in the middle of a war tournament. He's looking for a place, uh, number one, that he wants to find if he can go back. But there's a lot of people over there that needs to get witness to that uh, want him to come over. So y'all pray for the next 12 days for him that God does something over there for him. Uh, but the, 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 from God's point of view, you look at all the trouble that's going on in the world. And we'll see all that stuff. And we'll sit there and we'll get uh, sidetracked. And God already, the eyes of the Lord, I mentioned that in Sunday school, the eyes of the Lord are in every place. He sees everything. He's watching it, and he has a time that he's going to step in, and when he steps in, he's going to, Katie, bar the doors, man. He's going to take care of the problem. All we have to do is just worry about getting through to that day that he's got for us. And, brother, when we let this other stuff, sometimes, you know, stuff will paralyze you. You can let, you can let fear, fear will paralyze you to where you don't do anything. Sometimes we'll get so scared of something, we'll be afraid. I know people who are afraid to walk out of the house because they're afraid something's going to happen to them. Well, hey, you can stay in your house and something could happen. The satellite could fall out of the sky and squish your house. You know planes do crash in houses. As a matter of fact, right where I live, Beth told me when she was a little girl, right down the street on the corner where they have that uh, preparatory school was a house that got hit by an airplane. That's just like three or four doors down from me. Anything can happen, and you don't know what's going to happen. So you can't be afraid of nothing. You know what you got to do is you got to be always looking up. Keep your eyes on the sky. That's what you want to do. And if a plane starts coming, move. That's all you got to do at that point. If you're looking up, you won't have no problem. The first account ends in Revelation 6.15. 
The second account ends in Revelation eleven fifteen. The third account is just viewpoints, just like you get the Gospels or viewpoints of the tribulation. The, the, John is getting three, four different viewpoints of something that is occurring, and God shows him the end of it and then runs him right into the next one. It is crazy as anything. John is losing it, man. I'm telling you what he's getting. You're talking about a data dump. Go to Revelation 6, 15. We'll buzz through these real quick, and I'll say what I'm going to say, and hopefully I'll be done. Maybe. And the kings of the earth, 6.15, and the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth. I would want to hide from him too if you're not on his side. I, this makes no sense to me. Why don't you just get right? It makes no sense. Uh, of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Nobody's going to be able to stand that day. None, nobody. He's talking about the first seals. In his first viewpoint, he gets, there's seven seals. I'm not going to go through them, but uh, six, one, Revelation 6, 1, the first seal is a white horse. The second seal is a red horse. Third seal is a black horse. And then a pale horse comes in on the fourth one. The fifth one, souls are crying from under the altar saying, Lord, how long, how long? And the Lord says, calm down, calm down. The sixth still earthquakes. And son, I was reading an article, one of the... Uh, uh, somebody from the Hamas went over to Iran and said, God's going to bring earthquakes down. Yeah, you're right, man. He's going to bring earthquakes right down on Israel and on the whole place. Over there. The whole place is going to have a problem. Brethren, you ain't, we haven't seen nothing yet. The Lord's getting... You know what happens, I think, a lot of Christians is we, we forget what God's plans are. And we sometimes look at our plans like they're going to go on forever. They're just not going to. I wish I could say they were. They're just not going to. They could. They could. You could have some amount of time. I don't know how much that time is, but I'm telling you what, I should never be looking for me to have a full life where I've got everything going for me. No, I'm looking for the day the Lord comes back and calls me out of this place. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for anything else. Along the way, things will happen. But boy, I tell you what, you know what? I, I want to get a crown. He says, if you look for his appearing, you'll get a crown. Now, I'm, I want a crown. There's like seven of them, I think, five or seven of them you can get. There, there's a debate there on that, but I'd like to get all of them. There's one for a, a, a martyr's crown. I'm still trying to figure out how to get that one. I know there's a way to get that one. I want to get the other ones first, but you want to get the other ones first and then get that one. That's like the last one you want to get, so you got to figure out how to get that thing, and it, and it don't hurt. I don't want it to hurt. Uh, there's got to be a way through it. <laughs> but the, the six seal earthquakes, sun and moon and stars are all falling. Everything's falling apart, and the six, six seal, seven seal is silence in heaven. And John, could you just imagine him? I mean, it's like us when we hear the news and they talk about babies being burned in their cribs over there and all this other stuff, atrocities, I mean, that's happening. That you, I mean, it's just hard to fathom. But John is sitting here and he's looking at this happen to an entire planet. All the people on the planet. If there's 8 billion people on this planet, he's watching this happen to all of them. And God's pouring his wrath down on them all. Brethren, that's where we're at. And we forget that. This is the end of this thing. And John, you think you might have it bad? He's got a bad day. <laughs> He's looking at some things that's just freaking him out. And John just seen the destruction like this never happened on this planet. And he doesn't even get out of that before he gets to the next one. <laughs> and God said, hey, you want to see this from a different angle? Let me show it to you from a different angle. And John goes right into the next angle of the Great Tribulation. Go to Revelation eleven fifteen. Man, I tell you what, I, I, and he wrote about this for us to see. This is, this is what's going to happen. 
This is what, this is, I believe the Bible's word of God. I am excited. You say, why would you be excited? You're morbid. No, I won't be here. Just to let you know, if I don't get to the end of this, you ain't going to be here when this happens. You won't be nowhere around before all this happens. I mentioned that 1040 day, 1040 days. The rapture occurs right before that. And I'm out of here. And then this thing happens and the temple's all set up. All that stuff's set up, plenty of time to do all that. And you get over here and the abomination of desolation set up and the devil sets up and all hell breaks loose for the next three and a half years and I won't be here. I'll be at a wedding. And I'll be like, I'll be like Hannah sitting there yesterday. I have, I've, had, I've had people say, well, I've had ladies say, well, I can't believe all angels are men. I'm like, well, I can't believe I'm going to get married to one. I said, I, I said, that just don't even sound right to me. But God said it, so it must be okay. Somehow he's going to make it right. Maybe he's going to make me a woman. I have no idea what he's going to do. <laughs> or maybe I just don't even understand what he's saying. That might be what it is. I just know if he's always, God makes no mistakes. I know if he makes none, that's going to be exactly what it's supposed to be. And that day, guess what? Because I was in a thing called the church age and I trusted Jesus Christ, I get to be the bride. <laughs> Boy, you're talking about a deal, man. I, I was talking to a young man here yesterday and he goes, and he was talking, he asked me, he said, hey, do you, do you believe in backsliding? I said, well, yeah. I said, wait a second. Since I don't know you and you don't know me, what is your definition of backsliding? Because <laughs> some people believe if you backslide, you lose your salvation. That's exactly what he believed. And I said, he goes, that's what I've been taught. I said, nah, that's not true. So we go back in the office. And we sit there for about 20 minutes going through the Bible. And I show him a bunch of stuff on it. eternal security, eternal security, eternal life, eternal life, everlasting life, never perish, all this other stuff. And I said, now, did you get saved? He goes, yes, I did. And he goes... I said, okay, what do you have? What does it say right there you have? Eternal life. I said, how long is that for? He goes, it's for, it's for, I said, no, what does it say? He goes, it's forever. I said, how long is that forever? He goes, forever. I said, how long do you got it? He goes, I guess forever. I said, duh, that's pretty hard to believe, man. That's what I said. I dadded dumped on him for about 20 minutes and I, I had to stop. He goes, I got to come back and talk to you some more, man. I mean, he, he was trying to sort of, Going to these churches out there who just tell the stupidest stuff. This stuff right here, people try to scare people with this. This is nothing to scare you with. This is just what God's warning you that this is going to happen. In a time that you don't have to be there. You don't have to be nowhere around this thing. But my brother John was there in the middle of this. And we see this stuff going on and some, some people say, I can't take this. He had to. And not only that, he had to come back and write a book about it. So all through the last 2,000 years, we can read about this thing and keep in our minds that this thing's out in front. Revelation 11:15. 15, this is your second account. It says, and the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord. It has to be the end right there. So if that's the end, the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and 20 elders, which sat before uh, God on their seats, fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and which was and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. You're at Armageddon. He's right there. Christ is finishing the thing. He's coming back on his white horse over Revelation 19. He's on his white horse, the two-edged sword's coming out of his mouth. His, his vesture is dipped in blood. He's on it. He's taking care of business. 
It's over. John has to watch this thing. You know what? He sees these cells. The seven seals are over at this point. Now you're looking at the first angel sounding. And hell, just almost like back in uh, Egypt when they came out of Egypt. God drops hell and mingled with fire down on a planet. Man, I tell you what, John is watching this stuff, and it's not just the destruction of a few people, even 1,000 or 1,500. We're talking on a planetary scale. God's not playing no games. This thing is serious. Brethren, this thing over here right now in the Middle East is serious. I've been, over, I've been right there on ships. I know exactly what's going on there. That thing is serious as you can get. Those people are crazy. Uh, Arabs, Arabs, most Arabs, 99% of them, they're Arabs, or not Arabs, Muslims. They're Muslims. They, they have been taught that their God, Muhammad, is there. They're, it's been him. It, he's, he's still there. We've been talked out of ours. So now we don't even know if we have one. Matter of fact, we don't even know if we're men or women anymore. We're all messed up. They're not. China is not. China still believes what they, the Russians still believe what they believe. We've been talked out of ours. They will fight for theirs till they die. They think that if they kill a Jew, they go to heaven immediately. They're going to die for what they're talking about. That thing is serious, and it is no longer just a little skirmish. Anybody who can lob 5,000 missiles at you in a day has got a bunch of backing. Somebody backed them from someplace. And now this thing is going, it could explode, and somebody could easily wait to this thing to Iran, Iraq, uh, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Turkey, Syria, get in this thing, and everybody starts surrounding Israel. You got Russia coming into it and China. Uh, Russia probably wants this thing to happen so that they can get them off their back up in the Ukraine. Everybody on the planet is ready to explode. And somebody's going to walk in, and if they do and they calm this thing down, you and I probably won't even see that happening. Hopefully, we'll be gone. But this thing is right for that. It's right before your eyes. It's being, it, the pages have been written. God says, don't forget it. What will happen is this world will start taking your life, and he'll start, and then all of a sudden this stuff will go on the wayside. And it's like when he was talking about the parable where the seed is sowed by the wayside and the birds of the fowls of the air came and ate it up before it ever took root. Man, this stuff should be in your mind all the time. You should never let it go. This thing is going to happen. There's a wedding coming. I bet you Dustin for six months, man, was like, we were standing here like this. We, we stood down here so that, because a lot of times we roll the paper out and rip in half, or they drag the paper all down there with them. So me and Dustin were standing. I figured Dustin's a big guy, man. He would definitely hold the paper down. He says, I'm going to close my eyes, Mike. He says, when Hannah gets right there, he says, hit me like this. You know, open my eyes. I was going to wait till she was right there. <laughs> but I didn't have the heart, man. I said, hey, man, hey, man, she's right there. He opens his eyes. Bro, that should be us. Well, but, but God says, don't close your eyes. Watch me when I come through the door. Watch me come across the room. Watch me as I come down here. Watch them as they, as they straighten me out. Hey, I'm coming down the center aisle to get you. Watch me, man. The Lord is sitting here watching us every step we take. He's looking at us. He knows exactly what we're going through, and he knows what you're facing. You haven't faced anything like what John is looking at. You know what John has to do? He has to get off this thing and come and write that book so you and me can read it. And see what going on. I said, John, man, what a guy. The first angel sounded, hell mingled with fire. The second angel sounded, a great mountain burning, got thrown up. I mean, the whole place is falling apart. John is up in heaven looking down and going, whoa, look at that. And, and people are dying left and right. 
Third angel sounded. Uh, and a, that great star fell from heaven called Wormwood. Fourth angel sounded. The third part of the sun was smitten. Third part of the moon. Third part of the stars. That's a lot. Then it says, woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other. The, right in the middle of the tribulation, John's watching this thing. The sixth angel sounded and said, I heard voices of the four horns of the golden altar, which was before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had loosed the four angels to slay a third part of the men. That's two and a half billion people. John's watching. Not a thousand, not 1,500, not 2,000. Two and a half billion people. John's watching them die. Could you imagine watching that? God says, they don't want me. You know what he says? As it was in the days of Noah. I really started grasping that verse here lately. That's at the end of the tribulation. When it gets to the end of the tribulation, there's going to be so few people left that really want God that it's going to be as it was in the days of Noah. I won't be there. Not there. I'm going to be somewhere else. We got a wedding to go to. That's where I'm going to be. The seventh angel sounded and says there was great voices in heaven saying the kingdoms of the world are given to God. They're given to him. That's the end. That's the next arm. That's the end of it. Then you get to Revelation 14, 19. I think I just read that one. The third view was 14, 19. Yeah, go to 14, 19. We're there. Got a couple minutes. Give me a couple minutes. 14, 19. It says, and the, the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vines of the earth and, uh, and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city and blood came out of the winepress even into the horse's bridle by the space of 1,600 furlongs. That's Armageddon again. That's the end. You have four accounts of John seeing it from four different angles. And the Lord's showing him what's going to happen from four different angles. And John is sitting there. I mean, if he didn't have a spiritual body, it had probably overwhelmed him. He'd probably been not able to handle what he was seeing. And he was watching God's wrath being poured out. But there was something more important that God had sitting out in front of him that he cared more than anything else about. And that everything else out here was because these are what people wanted. You know, this is what people want. That's what they wanted. Now they got what they wanted. God never intended that to happen. That was their choice. That, that young man I was talking to yesterday was an amazing, he said something really amazing to me. He goes, that just doesn't seem fair. And usually when somebody tells me that just doesn't seem fair, they usually say, it doesn't seem fair that I can't do what I want and he's going to force me to do what I, I don't want to do. And I'm like, no. he said, no, 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 Mike. He goes, that don't seem fair. It don't seem fair that he has to give everything and I don't have to give nothing. I'm thinking, whoa, you got, you're, you're thinking in the right place. You're starting to think right. He goes, it just don't seem right. Why would he give everything and get nothing in return? Because he was thinking, if I backslide and I don't ever serve God, what am I doing? Let me ask you a question. What are you doing? You should know exactly what you're doing. You're either serving God or you're not. He knows it. He knows it. He goes, it's not right, man. You know, one of these days you're going to stand before God. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. And it won't take very long because you already know all the verses. But we're going to stand before God and he's going to look at you and say, why did you do that? What are you going to do? Say, well, I don't care. I'm saved anyways. And you got to take me into heaven and I'll be here forever. What an attitude, man. Well, I got the privilege to serve the king of kings. <laughs> I get the privilege to know him while I'm alive. I got the privilege to meet him on a back porch in Louisville, Kentucky, 1980. 
Man, I got the privilege of walking with him for 43 years now. I tell you what, I can't wait till I get to heaven with him. He didn't have to give me, if I was a doorkeeper in the house of my God, and all I got to do is polish doorknobs for the rest of eternity, I'd be a happy camper, man. I get to look over my shoulder every now and then. I tell you what, first of all, well, you won't see the gold and everything is so clear, it's clear. So it ain't going to give you no reflection. I thought, well, maybe you have a mirror there and you can see through it, but you won't have no mirrors. You're going to have crystal clear walls, so you won't be able to do nothing wrong. <laughs> You're going to have to do everything right, brother. <laughs> and he thrusts it in. That's Armageddon again. Let me flip my page here. I just want to say a couple things about it, and then I'm going to move to the fourth one real quick. There appeared a great wonder in heaven, Israel. He says, a woman with 12 stars. And, and, and she's sitting. And, well, let me read it. It says, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon, and under her feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. That's Israel. And I sit there, I've always had a problem with that verse and that passage because it kind of was strange. And, and I know it's not Jesus Christ because this is a future thing out there where he's born. That's not Mary and that can't be Jesus Christ because that happened 2,000 years ago. This is a futuristic passage. And he goes, no, the, and I was reading it and I got my, pull my commentaries out and started reading the thing. And, and he goes, no, that's Jesus Christ. The, the nation of Israel has to be where they're at. They have to be in a place where they're in the wilderness. They have to be there so they can be the source that brings Christ back into the world. It has to be them. It can't be you and me. God's going to come back to his people. You can't ever forget his people. His people are who he's coming for. And he's going to bring them back in. But he reads there, and in the middle of this thing, it starts talking about all that stuff. And, and brother, and I could, there's, there's so many little facets of this thing. I may not have it all right. Michael gets to beat up on the devil and kick him out of heaven, and he comes down to here. I would not want to be on this planet when Satan is down here. I wouldn't want to be nowhere near this place. And his angels get kicked down here. And then verse 10, it says, And I heard a voice, a loud voice from heaven, saying, Now has come the salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God. Armageddon, the Lord takes over again. Then we get to Revelation 19.1. Go back to 19.1. And we sit there, and in 19.1, it's, it's the last account. And when you get down to verse, uh, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. Verse 11, it says, And I saw the heaven open, and behold, a white horse. He's now done. He's done. And he comes down on his white horse, and he's got a flame of fire, his head has many crowns. He, he's written his, his name that only he himself knew. Uh, it's called the Word of God. Uh, he's clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. He's out of his mouth to go two of that sword. When he's done here, the false prophet and the beast get cast in a lake of fire. I mean, all that stuff happens. The, bee, the fowls of the air come and eat everything. And in the midst of this last look, view, there's a marriage going on. Go back up to... Uh, let me get to my first page here, and I'll just start right there, and I'll be done. Give me just a second. Brother, we got a marriage coming. They had fun yesterday. They had a blast. I knew both of them. That. Uh, Dustin came with me and thanked me. He said, Brother, thank you. I said, For what? He goes, For everything. I said, I didn't do nothing. I said, You were the one who had to woo her. <laughs> I still don't figure I haven't figured that one out. And I, and, uh, and I said, Hannah had to accept the thing. And I said, And she did. And y'all put up with everything. And I said, I remember when Hannah was this big, man. I mean, I remember when she's a little bitty. And uh, she come all the way up there, and nobody else could get it. And I get her, and you got it. I said, I said so, so there's something there. He goes, yeah, but brother, he goes, just thank you. And he goes, I'm, I'm happy. He said, I'm glad you signed my marriage certificate. 
I said, well, if you don't mail it in, you can always burn it and nobody will ever know anything happened. <laughs> the moment you mail that sucker in, it's done, man. I'm telling you, I tell everybody the same thing. Verse seven, he says, and let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. You know, at the last time, all this other, the other three accounts, it's just turmoil, mayhem, and, and murdering, and killing, not murdering, just killing, and, and, and just destruction, and everything else. But at this last time, it's like the Lord's saying, hey, I'm coming back to get you on a white horse. He goes, actually, matter of fact, I'm going to come back and get you, take you home, and then we're going to come back on a white horse. I'll give you your own horse. You can't ride on mine. Mine is mine. Get your own horse. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife had made herself ready. Right in the middle of that last one, he starts talking about the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, brother, I don't know, there was a good meal there yesterday. That was really good. Brother, brother Barry went over there and cooked, and he had a little timer. He's got his train over there that he cooks with. It does it. He wants to put a steam thing on it so he can go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I told him he put an engine on him, and he could drive it around his backyard while he's sitting there. It looks like a train. He wants to put one of those cow catcher things, so we got to get him a couple cows in his backyard, push him out of the way. Uh, but he put big wheels on the thing and probably sink in the mud over there. I don't know. But, but I mean, he's over there cooking and all the food that the ladies, all the stuff that everybody done. And it just, it was perfect. It was perfect. But could you imagine going to heaven? And the Lord says, I know all this stuff for everybody over here that doesn't want me is really bad. But boy, there's a group of people right here that want me that it's not going to be bad for them at all. As a matter of fact, right here at the very last time, I'm going to make sure you're not down there to get, go through what's going to happen. John gets to watch that thing. Of all the troubles that's going on all through everything, John is saying, brethren, that stuff has got to happen that's happening. Now, whether this is the time, I don't know. It could be. This is, I mean, this is a serious thing going on right now. This isn't the Hamas just mad at Israel and spitting on them. It isn't that. This is elevated way past that. I mean, you're out here somewhere, la-la land stuff going on. You'll never hear most of that stuff because it's going to be hidden because your news media don't want you to know it. That thing over there is ready to blow up right now. But guess what? That's got to happen and our Lord knows it. And I can trust him that he's going to do right. And I'll just say, okay. He goes, but don't worry about it, Mike. When it happens, you're not even going to be there. So why are you sweating it? I'm like, I'm not. The judgment seat of Christ. You know each one of us has to go there, right? How do you think she had been granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white? For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. She had made herself ready. Everything you did in Christ, everything you have done is going to be laid out in front of you at, at the judgment seat of Christ. It's going to be laid. You have that, you know, boy, I saw him do yesterday, blessing. He goes, what do you do? I said, you John chapter, 1 John chapter 1. He goes, what's that? So I take him there. Verse 4 says that your joy, you got, are you happy right now? Are you happy with what I'm saying? If you're not going, woohoo, yeah then I can tell you how to get the woohoo yeah back. Not go to Kroger's. Kroger's ain't going to get you. You can get the woohoo at Kroger's, but you ain't going to get the smile to go along with it. <laughs> you got to go to 1 John and it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I said, that's how you get out from being backslidden. I don't want to stand. I don't really, at this point, I don't care what you do. 
This kid is not going to go stand before Jesus Christ and have to do that and beg and look at him and know what you did for me and I did nothing for you. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take what you gave me and stick it in the ground and not use it. I may not know how to invest it the right way all the time, but I'm going to try something and just pray that God does something with my stupidity. That's what I'm going to do. I would rather be stupid and walk before him and say, I tried, than to say, oh, here, I just buried it in the ground. Didn't do nothing with it. <laughs> it's yours. No, I, I'm sorry about you guys. I, I've watched him do the last three views of the tribulation. I know what he's capable of. And I know at this point he's not going to throw me into hell. But I don't know what he could do to me in heaven to make me regret ever not doing it down here. I don't even want to take that chance. I just want to be, I want to make myself ready. I get to go through the judgment of Christ. I'm ready. People say, are you ready? Go, yes, I'm ready. Have you done everything right? No, I haven't. <laughs> I'm hoping I've done something right. That I can get through there once I get through the other side, that I can be maybe just a small jewel or something for him. That's all I care about. I mean, I'm at this point, like, I don't care about anything. Brother Joe keeps saying, hey, do you want this stuff? I don't want it. Give it to these other kids out here. Give these young people out here. Let them all have it. Let them all have it. I don't want, if they got a grandfather. I don't want a grandfather clock. I don't want nothing. Why? Because I got too much. I got to get rid of stuff now. There's stuff just take. I, I'm at a time in my life where I'm like, that stuff just, it's, no, no, no. It takes up my time. Too much time. I don't want to lose it. But I'm sitting there at the marriage supper. I get to sit. See that table out there yesterday? Here's Dustin and Hannah sitting in the middle. And then they got all the Old Testament saints and New Testament, Old Testament, tribulation saints and everything sitting next to them. Man, that's, that's, what, that's what that is. When you get up here, it's just going to be us. It's going to be everybody in the Old Testament out of Abraham's bosom that, that did what God told her to do. They're going to be up there, but they're not going to be the bride of Christ. We are. They're going to be the friends. It, it says right here, it says, and blessed are they which are called. They're the ones who are called in the marriage supper. Brethren, you, you, oh man, you have got something that nobody else in eternity ever got a chance to get. He gave you something in the last 2,000 years that nobody has in, in all eternity will never be able to get that. And he gave it to you for free. That boy yesterday said, that don't make no sense to me. I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's why I love him. Because it makes no sense why he would do that for me, and he did. And he made a way that one of these days, I'm going to be able to sit at that table and I'm going to be looking around thinking, I should be up serving everybody else. And the Lord's going to say, no, 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 no. You're my bride. You sit right there and I'll serve you. I told him in Sunday school class, you will never, ever be able to serve God until you learn how to serve your fellow brethren. We all want everybody to serve us. I want, I, 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 that's not serving God. That's serving you. What can I do? Better yet, don't even say it, just do it. You know that wedding yesterday when it was all said and done? It was, it was marvelous, man. I didn't have to do much of anything. I snuck a cupcake out of the refrigerator because I wasn't going to wait till the ones over there on the table. Everybody told me I had to wait for the bride and all this stuff. I said, no, I'm a pastor of the church. I don't have to wait for nothing. I said, that's my freezer in the back. I'll go get one out of the freezer. So I just went and got one. <laughs> And Mike, Mike, Mike Stahl told me, go get one off the table. He's trying to goat me. He's like, the, get behind me, Satan. Uh, I ain't going to go over in front of everybody and steal one off that table. I'll go steal one out of the refrigerator. But, boy, I got it, and I'm sitting over the refrigerator, and I'm peeling it off, and I'm behind the wall there, and nobody can see me. 
but I had a clear shot with Mike. I'm like, Mike! He didn't hear me first. I said, Mike! And then I stuck the cream in my nose and everything. <laughs> <laughs> then I, I took the whole tray over to him. He didn't have to go get one. And I went and said, brother, don't ever say that I have never done nothing for you. Here's your, eat your, get you a chocolate one too, man. I don't know if he got two or one or not. But you know, you got to learn how to be a servant. There's another young man here who's a preacher. Well, he's, he wants to be a preacher. He's over at another church and he came in here yesterday. I've known him for years. And he, the last time he was in this church, he was flipped around the other way going that way. He goes, brother, what in the world did y'all do to this place? I said, I don't know, just day by day we kind of did it. And, and he was just so thrilled that this church is still alive and that people are getting saved and people are coming to church. He was just ecstatic. And you sit there and look at him and say, Lord, you know what that is? That was a whole church full of people serving, turning this thing around, making it. This isn't about me. This is about all of you. This is about what people at Anchor Baptist Church have done with your church. This is your church. And people come in from the outside and see this thing. And I mean, they, the, peep, this church at one time was a big church in this city. And it went down the tubes and just like everybody forgot it because they had to have the bigger buildings and everything else. And all of a sudden, a little group of people come in and flip this thing up and make it come back to life. And people walk in. A lot of preachers got married in this church in this city. This is the church they got married in. And they walk back in and see it's still alive and live life in it. It blows people away, man. You know what God says? Wait till you get to heaven, Mike, and you see the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then in a few minutes, we're going to go back and we're going to finish this thing up. And my bride's going with me. Well, I can't wait for that. Old Testament saints are going to be there with us. But they ain't going to be the bride. But they're going to be there. And I'm going to love them just like they love me. Old Testament Gentiles. I believe Abimelech's going to be there. The Lord was talking to Abimelech in the Old Testament. He said, I kept thee from sinning against me, Abimelech. He did exactly what he said. I believe Abimelech will be there. I believe there's going to, the tribulation saints, the 144,000 men that were virgins that went out and of each 12,000 each of the tribe, they weren't Jehovah Witnesses either. The 12,000 from each tribe went out and they got the multitudes. They're going to be there. And the tribulation saints are going to be there. And we'll get to sit down and eat. And there's going to be a marriage. Brother, don't even worry about what's going on in this world. I mean, keep up with it, watch it, understand it. But don't worry about it. That thing is, is going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. But there's a wedding out in front of us that we get to go to be with our bride, my, my groomsman. I get to go be with Jesus forever. Brother, I tell you, yesterday when Hannah came up here, and I remember how little she was, and now she's fully grown and she's getting married, and just like one of my daughters would be there. Just like yours or anybody. I mean, she's not my daughter, but I mean, it's, it's, I've been around her so much, I, even, I, I, I kind of know her a little bit. And you sit there and watch her, and you remember that, hey, time has flown, and now this little girl is a woman, and she's getting married, and they're getting ready to have a family of their own, and, and they're going to move on out there, and we get to help them just a little bit here and there, but they're going to move on out, and I don't know how long they got. I, they may have 15 minutes. The Lord could come back before they get off their honeymoon, but that don't matter because the next one you marry is going to be the right one. The next one, I mean, I got the right one now, but I'm going to get a righter one soon. Not that she's wrong. I like her a lot. And if I got to stay here, that's the one I want to stay here with. But when he gives me a chance to go home to be with him, guess what? That's who she wants to be with too. I'll have to talk to her when I get home. She should only want me, but that's okay. I'll give her some lights. Brother, we're going to a wedding. There's still another wedding to go to. 
My question to you, are you ready for that wedding? You have to get to heaven. You have to go through the white throne. And you can have an opportunity to get through that thing. And you can get through it clean as a whistle. You get all your sins. First John says, get your sins under the blood. If we confess our sins, he's faithful. Just He's given us a way to come to heaven right. We should never get out of here wrong. We should never get out of here wrong. Take every opportunity you ever have to get ready for that thing and be ready. Enjoy the life you have, what God's given you. Enjoy the thing. But always be ready that he's going to take you at home at any minute. And when he does, you should have a smile on your face. You should be looking. And, brethren, I, I believe if we are looking for the day he comes and we're awake when he comes, you're going to get, a crown, you're going to get the crown of life. I said, you're going to get that thing, man. Crown of rejoicing. You're going to get I forget which one it was. It's crown of rejoicing, crown of life. Which one of them? It's crown. But you're going to get that thing because you're going to love his appearing. Brethren, you should just love. You should, I'm telling you what, that thing yesterday was a perfect thing for us. And I just want to thank the church for everything you did. But don't worry about what's going on in the world. Keep your eyes on it. Be ready for it. But just remember that that is, is got to do that one of these days. And it's going to kick off the whole thing. And then we get to go home. Father, thank you for your blessings for yesterday first. Lord, thank you for that wedding. Thank you for Hannah and, and uh, Dustin getting married and all the people that were involved in that. And, Lord, that was just a picture of what's going to happen to us in the future. Lord, I really am waiting for that day that you take us out of here. And, Lord, uh, help us to always be mindful of, of what is going on in our lives and help us get some of that stuff under the blood. So, Lord, that we have nothing between us and you. So when we come home, that, uh, that you would be proud of your, just as proud of your bride as Dustin was of his yesterday. Lord, thank you for the opportunities you've given us in life. And, Lord, we always have an opportunity to serve you, teach us to, to be the servants that we should be. And, Lord, thank you that we're not going through what this world has got to go through uh, to, for the end to come. Uh, Lord, uh, I pray for the day the rapture occurs, that we're all ready to go. And Lord, uh, if there's somebody in here that's not ready to go today, Lord, uh, today would be a great day for them to get saved and trust you as their personal Savior. Lord, uh, yesterday, if there was anybody in that wedding that uh, wasn't saved, anybody that was in the auditorium, I pray that you'd continue to work in their hearts, and Lord, that you'd put somebody around them that could lead them to Christ. And Father, again, we'll praise you on you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.